Ah, good morning, Bear Nation. <clears throat> the first words I've spoken today. Ah, how are we? Tremendous. I believe in. <clears throat> Excuse me. Coffee. In relation to the, I don't know, 100 comments I got yesterday about Bear, you need colloidal silver. I guess you didn't watch the whole live stream yesterday because I have gallons of colloidal silver. But most people think of colloidal silver as actually ionized silver, and I actually have both. And my wife is a walking apothecary, and I'm surrounded by, like, you know, naturopathic, homeopathic medicine people. I'll be fun. I just got a sinus infection. So I, I appreciate the concern, but believe me, I'm in good hands. Okay. Okay. I also own a company called uh, Refuge Medical. And if it's got anything to do with medical, I probably got it in stock. Okay. Okay. Cool. Accelerated 207. Wow. I caught a live. Nice. Good morning, everybody. We've got some news to look at. And uh, air quote news, and then we'll because, uh, because, because it's my show, and right, and life is what you make it. Um, then we're probably just gonna hang out a little bit on the internet, kind of similar to a, a coffee time with Bear, because I think those are better vibes, honestly, than the world is ending and we're all gonna die, and your life is meaningless. Spend money to buy your way out of the apocalypse. You know what I mean? Netty pot. I know. Dylan, I got a netty pot too. Special operations. All right, let's go. I have to listen to this so I can do a vlog at 10 a.m. about this vlog. What's up, SOE? Hey, look. SOE. Look. Look, it's an SOE. An SOE. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Oh, look. SOE. SOE. Right there. Right there. Is that a Typhon sling bag? It is. Am I going to fill this full of awesome stuff and uh, give it away to one of y'all? I am. Why would I do such a thing? Because I like you. That's why. So we makes good gear. Yeah. You know how it be. You know how it be. All right. Listen, a bunch of you rapscallions are not subscribed to this show. I don't blame you, honestly, but if you're, uh, if you have the same type of brain damage that I have and you'd like to hang out here on the regular, you should consider subscribing and ringing the little bell icon that in no way guarantees that YouTube is actually going to inform you when I go live, but it does help me with my vanity number of my subscriber count. So if you want to, if you want to do the thing, if you don't want to, or you've already done it, cool. Um, you know, share the show, all the all the blah blahs, all the YouTube blah blah blahs. The show is, of course, brought to you by the Creator of the Universe, uh, Yahweh, your Elohim, the Lord, your God. Because without Him, nothing is possible. Whether you agree or not, facts are facts, bro. Come at me. Um, and then, of course, the fine people at Patreon. There's a link in the description. And then, um, Refuge Medical, because I had the audacity to start a company in my barn four years ago, and uh, you know. Hormozy says an interesting thing about this. Everybody cheers for the underdog. But when you're no longer the underdog, 
they stop cheering. This is me paraphrasing because everybody wants you to do well. They just don't want you to do better than they're doing. That's interesting. That's definitely something that I have observed in, in human nature. Comma, um, we here in the Bear Nation are extraordinary human beings. And so your support at Refuge Medical is greatly appreciated because without you supporting Refuge, I don't get to pay the people that I love and we don't get to save 99 lives. Good morning, sweetheart. How are you? Good. Excellent. Jody's here doing grandma's drywall in the pump house. Yeah. That's what that's about. Yeah. I did not figure. I was like, hey, love you, man. Why are you, why are you in my front yard? And he was like, drywall, homie. And I was like, oh, cool. Drywall. So, good stuff. My wife is still super pregnant. We're technically 10 days out, right? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. 10 days out. Yeah. But it could be today. Uh, also, allegedly... Nine days? How's it nine when you were 11 yesterday? Yeah, you and the numbers. You and the numbers. Um, allegedly, Jose is bringing concrete to my front yard again today. Um, we'll see. We'll see. So, um, yeah, let's do the brief. Okay, Bear. All right, cool, guys. Really you had a really do you want to tell everybody or you just want to tell me i can tell everybody because it was that funny no like i don't need to get okay I, I just woke up can you can you hear my uh can you hear my wife in the background yeah, they can hear me okay so so i had a dream that kl and i were shopping at walmart and walmart was having a sale and there was this rack that had like luggage that looked like a troll head <laughs> no like i'm doing it i'm doing the sign language interpretation of what you're oh, okay. what you're but saying you know, like the trolls like their hair yeah the troll dolls yeah the like big you hair gotta, you gotta do the thing so and she's like oh my gosh we have to get these and i'm like what is it and she's like i'm like it looks like a wig bag why would we need a wig bag and she's like no, it has the wig in it. But it was attached to a head. And the head was like a cone head with a little bitty head <laughs> at the top of it with a little wig. <laughs> and she was like, we got to have it. You, you okay, Mama? <laughs> it was just so funny because they were like little tiny heads. <laughs> <laughs> it was meant to like go over your head. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> so yeah, that was my crazy, my crazy dream of the day. Good job. Never know what's going to pop into your head when you're pregnant. Oh, man. Okay. Well, there's the... Uh... There's your funny for the day. <laughs> Thanks, Kale. Yeah. The best is how funny she thinks it is. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I'm like, wow, cool. Cool story, babe. But no, she's she's losing her shit off camera. She's actually doubled over in the kitchen laughing so hard the noise is coming out of her face. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that's what you tune in for. That's why you're subscribed. 
is to hear my wife's crazy pregnant dreams. Shall we actually do the news now? Okay. Oh, my gosh. Coffee is so good. Okay. Bear Independent Brief. 22 February 24th. Today is the 22nd, isn't it? No, 21st. <clears throat> you know what it is. 21st of February. Uh, do, 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 do. Hey, Joe's looking for you, BT Dubs. For me? Yeah, for you. You're the general manager around here. Bear Independent Brief 21, February 22. The United States exercised its veto power on Tuesday. That was yesterday. Blocking a United Nations resolution. The UN, those are the people with the blue helmets that are going to come here and take out, take away everybody's guns, allegedly. Um, I don't I don't think that's actually going to happen. And, like, this is just like that prepper conspiracy stuff. When the United Nations comes here to disarm America, bro, there's 340 million people here, plus or minus 20 million. Um, like, where? Where are they going to do that? New York, L.A., D.C., Houston, maybe, like, Minneapolis, uh, you know, Seattle, not nowhere Oklahoma, that's for sure. There's not that many of them. There's just not that many of them. And, as many have pointed out, blue is a... High contrast color to say, I don't know, grass and trees. So, uh, you know, where to silhouette yourself. Um, yeah, I don't think the UN's going to come and disarm anybody. I think that's just a bunch of prepper nonsense. And then even if they did, even if they did, it's a death wish, honestly. You think the, maybe. I think most Americans would be like, oh, no, the blue helmet people are here to turn over your, your high points and your Ruger pistol, pistol caliber carbines. And I think a bunch of people are going to be like, mm, M855 will go right through that helmet. And I've only got nine bajillion pounds of M855 stacked up. So guess it's on now, boys. Anyway, the blue helmets. Uh there was a resolution in the blue helmets that was blocked by the United States yesterday. And that resolution was calling for an immediate humanitarian ceasefire in the ongoing Israel Hamas conflict in the Gaza Strip. The resolution was backed by Arab nations, imagine that, and had garnered international support aiming to stop the violence consuming the region. In fact, the vote ended with a tally of 13 to one with only the United States voting against the resolution. The United Kingdom, of course, abstained from voting. By the way, uh, the area that is now considered Israel in the United in the Middle East was established as part of the. It was established by the United Kingdom by the Brits in 1948 after World War II as a homeland for the Jews. And uh, whether you're pro-Jew, anti-Jew, whatever, meh-Jew, whatever, um, this the history of the facts here, which a lot of people don't really 
like the history or the facts, but it, it is what it is. Uh, the piece of land that was given to the Jews was a shitty piece of land. Nobody wanted it. That's why it was given to the Jewish nation. And um, then, of course, you know, the Arabs, many of the Arabs were like, no, the Jews shouldn't have a homeland. We shall destroy them. And then over, you know, 80 years or so, the uh, 75 years-ish, the Jews turned that piece of shitty land into a pretty prosperous and wealthy piece of land. And now the Arabs are all jealous because it's like they have water, they have grass, they have trees, we have rock and dirt. You know, we should kill them. Death to Israel, death to America, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, dude, make up your mind. You know, you didn't want the land in the first place, so it got given to the Jews. And then they moved in, and then they, they did permaculture stuff. And uh, now they have trees, grass, and water. And you're like, death to Israel, death to America. They shouldn't have trees, grass, and water. Okay, whatever. It's just, it's a, it's a pretty shitty argument. But a lot of the Arab nation states in the area, uh, and especially you look at like Hamas, right? Like they're Hamas's, um, you know, which is not a nation state. It's a terrorist organization, paramilitary wing depending on who you ask, their stated mission, right, is like death to America, death to Israel, no nation state for the Jews. Like they shouldn't exist in the first place. So that's going to be a hard group of people to negotiate with. You see what I'm saying? Like their fundamental supposition is you should not exist. And there's a lot of people who are like, yeah, screw the Jews, screw Israel. They're, they're bad for us. Maybe, maybe not, if that's what you're into. And I, I can understand those arguments. But the, the same people, literally the same people who say death to Israel, also say death to America. And they have a fundamental disagreement with your right to exist as well. And so is the argument then, no, they can, you know, who cares about the Jews? They can wipe the Jews off the face of the earth as long as they leave us alone. It's like, you realize they refer to Israel as the little Satan and America as the great Satan. Right. And if they could, they'd be over here wiping you off the face of the earth because you shouldn't exist either in their mind. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, to me, that that, that entire line of thinking is fundamentally flawed, because you, if you take it to its logical conclusion, you're essentially enabling the bad guys to do bad guy stuff right now until they get strong enough, have enough uh, ability to punch above their weight class that then they do bad guy stuff to you. Tomer Klein, nice revenge for them kicking my family out of Libya and stealing all of our assets. Yeah, that's another thing. It's a thing. Ah, shall we continue? The United Kingdom abstained from voting. This is the third time that the U.S. has vetoed such a, matter, a measure, citing concerns about interference with negotiations regarding the release of hostages held in Israel, in Israel. The United States did, however, put a proposal forward the day before the veto, outlining support for a temporary ceasefire linked to the release of all hostages and calling for the unhindered delivery of humanitarian aid. I mean, that's another thing with the Palestinians, man. They've been receiving aid for decades. And instead of, you know, doing simple things like providing food, water, shelter for their people, they take the water pipes and turn them into rocket launchers. Which is part of why Israel and many others are like, there's no way 
There's no way that Hamas and or the Palestinian Authority that is linked to Hamas is going to be involved in the governing of the region uh, over there in Gaza. We're not we're not going to do it. That's just stupid because these guys haven't done. <laughs> so my wife is drawing a schematic of the wig with a wig that she's now sending, I'm guessing, to Katie Lynn. Um, you OK over there? That's good. You're bringing some levity to this very deep, deep topic of Israel. <clears throat> so, um, let's continue. Do, 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 do. However, concerns persist over the deteriorating situation in Gaza's southern city of Rafah, where Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu intends to evacuate civilians and relocate military operations, potentially exacerbating the crisis. According to the Gaza Health Ministry, which is a propaganda arm, just we've known this since October 7th, 2023. We should remember that now. According to the Gaza Health Ministry, more than 29,000 Palestinians have died in Israeli in Israel's military offensive, with the majority being women and children. Now, I'm not for, just to be perfectly clear, the death of women and children. Children, for sure. Women, 95% of them, the other 5% are probably bad people who you reap what you sow. But by and large, wholesale slaughter of women and children, I'm not for it. And Israel is catching a lot of heat right now because of these numbers that are coming from the Gaza Health Ministry, which is run by the Palestinian Authority, which is directly tied to Hamas, which is a propaganda wing. And people forget why this whole current conflict between Israel and Hamas kicked off in the first place. And it's because on October 7th, Hamas was the one killing women and children. And so now the international outcry is Israel has to stop killing women and children. It's like they were, and it's, see, here's the thing. This whole thing prophesied in this book, literally in the major and minor prophets, it talks about the Philistines, the Palestinians ripping open pregnant women. That's what they were doing on October 7th. So sometimes the way that you have to deal with evil is just to utterly destroy it. Am I saying all Palestinians are evil? No, I'm not. Am I saying all Israelis are righteous? No, I'm not. I am saying that if you came to bear camp and started ripping open pregnant women, I would not stop till every one of you were dead. Simple as that. And if that made me a crazy person... If I wasn't playing international rules, I wouldn't care. Not even a little bit. See, when you shrink it down and you, you, you think about it logically, as if this was something that happened to you, if a bunch of bad guys showed up on October 7th and just started wholesale slaughtering your men, women, and children, specifically targeting women and children, <clears throat> we'd go to war and it'd be a bloodbath. And I wouldn't care what anybody else had to say. Even a little bit. I, I wouldn't care. And if that made me a bad guy, so be it. I'd be a bad guy. I'd be okay with that. Because I will avenge the death of my loved ones. Simple as that. And people will say, you know, <coughs> revenge is mine, so saith Yahuwah, the Lord our God. Yep. He is uh, very good at using subcontractors, though. Somebody's got to be the bad guy, Tony Montaigne. Right, Bush Doctor Survival. So 
if you just make it a little bit more personal, instead of being half a world away, funded by your taxpayer dollars, and think about it as if, what if this was my family? What if this was people that I love? What if it was your church? Right? What if you were at church one day? Because remember, this happened on the great eighth day of Sukkot, the holiest day in a religious calendar. And so it's it's your high holy day. You're at church. And people show up and just start killing women and children at your church. And you fight back and you kill a bunch of those bastards. You take heavy losses during the initial conflict. But then you have actionable intelligence. You know who those bastards are that attacked your church. And they killed your pastor and your pastor's wife and half of the congregation. And you have actionable intelligence. You know where they are, who they are, what they're doing. You know what they're going to have for breakfast tomorrow morning before they do. I'll be frank. You're a pussy if you don't go wipe them off the face of the earth. Me, on the other hand? Oh, yeah. Until every one of you draws your last breath, I will not rest. So I get it. I'm not saying I approve of it, but I get it. I totally understand. Do, 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 do. Mm. Meanwhile, tensions continue to escalate in Yemen as Houthi rebels continue to attack commercial shipping. The rebels have recently targeted the Belize-flagged bulk carrier Rubimar with anti-ship ballistic missiles damaging the vessel. Also recently, a U.S. MQ-9 Reaper drone also crashed near Hodaida with indications suggesting it was shot down by Houthi surface-to-air missiles. Ongoing U.S. strikes are targeting Houthi capabilities in Yemen and the U.S. and U.S. on anti-ship cruise missiles have issued self-defense strikes. In response to the escalating conflict, European Union countries issued a collective warning against Israel's offensive in Rafah, expressing concerns about exacerbating the humanitarian crisis. <clears throat> I don't know how many times we've talked about this on camera, but it bears repeating. I've caught so much flack from the air quote prepper community on YouTube for saying things like, Bear, what do we do if there's martial law? Don't be there. What do we do if the Chinese invade? Don't be there. Insert scenario here. Don't be there. Now, the Palestinians are in a very interesting situation, uh, you know, especially in Gaza, because if they go west, they end up in the ocean. They go south, they end up in Egypt. If they go north or east, they end up in Israel. So there's not a lot of places for them to go in the first place. Gaza has been a shit show for way longer than this uh, conflict has been going on. It's essentially has been described essentially as an open air prison for a long time, for decades. Well, if I happen to end up in Gaza, you know what my first order of business would be? How do I get out of Gaza? Legally, illegally, whatever. Because there's no food here, there's no water here, there's no medical here, there's barely shelter here, there's no economic opportunity here. I got to make moves. I got to make moves. That's correct, Big Lava John. Egypt does not want them. Egypt doesn't want the Palestinians from the Gaza Strip. But if I was in Gaza, the first thing I would think is, how do I get out of here? 
I got to go. And I think a big, see, let's extrapolate this for us. A big challenge for a lot of people is they get comfortable where they're at. I can make a life here. I can build a house out of cardboard. I can eat the rice when it comes off the truck from the humanitarian aid people. I'll figure out how to drink the muddy water. It'll be okay. We can make a life out of this. It's like, you could, but it's not much of what I would call a life. You got to make the moves and see, we get comfortable where we are and then we don't make the moves. And so this humanitarian issue that's coming out of this conflict, there are always humanitarian issues in the wake of conflict, nation state conflict, always, which gets back to don't be there. Let's say hypothetically, right, because of what's happening between Governor Abbott and President Biden on the southern border, right, in Texas, that thing kicks off, hypothetically. And the federal government decides, you know what, we're going to have us a little war with the state of Texas. And that stuff starts flowing north and comes to Oklahoma, which is where I'm at. And this this is all a stretch of the imagination. Zero percent statistical likelihood that this actually happens. But let's just say we're just playing. That happens. And it starts getting close. I don't want to be in a war between the state of Texas and the federal government. And there's a lot of people who would say, you should stand up and fight for your rights. My wife is 8.75 months pregnant. I have three other children. If you force me, sure. If you force me, but my primary concern And my primary edict from the creator is the provision, protection, blessing of my family. Not to get embroiled in some conflict between two parties that I don't have any allegiance to, the state of Texas or the federal government. So, ergo, I'm going to bounce, a.k.a. strategically relocate, a.k.a. bug out, a.k.a. not be where the problem is. Because could I survive between the hammer and the anvil, good Judas Priest song, by the way. Could I? Yeah. Is it possible? Yes. Is it going to be overall beneficial to my situation? No, it's not. I'm going to go somewhere else. And there's a lot of people, again, who will say, oh, well, that's, you know, dude, you you have no spine. You should fight for what you believe in. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah Kelly, for Kale's Conehead Wig Fund. Appreciate that. You should fight for what you believe in. I believe in my family way more than I believe in the federal government or the state of Texas. Way more. I have a God-given duty to protect my family way more than I have a God-given duty to protect the state of Texas or the federal government. And who do I ideologically align with in that situation? The state of Texas, for sure. The state of Texas, for sure. I don't know if you've seen that little video here lately where two uh, Bradley IFEs took out a Russian T-90. You know, the T-90. It's like invincible, man. Nobody nobody can take out the T-90. Russia's, you know, one of their premier lines of tanks. And two Bradleys, American Bradleys, uh, crewed by Ukrainians, 
just wipe that thing. I mean, it's just handled. I don't want to be in between a T90 and a couple of Bradleys. I just don't. I just don't. Maybe that makes me a sop and wet P word. Or maybe I can do what's called a cost benefit analysis and determine, you know what? It's probably not best for me to be here. Because if I want to continue being in the first place, being in between infantry fighting vehicles and main battle tanks is probably not a good place to be. Ergo, I'm going to go. And I don't think that makes you a sop and wet P word. I think that makes you intelligent. Live to fight another day. Now, the flip side of that is if you come to my house and kill people that I love, I will 100% kill you back. In fact, and I see, I don't even think you're allowed to say shit like that on YouTube anymore, but I don't care. Our channel has been nerfed for more than a year. In fact, if I have actionable intelligence that you're coming to my house to kill people that I love, I'm not going to let you get to my house. Right? You don't fight a war from your mailbox, Pastor Joe Fox. No, I don't want to fight you right there. That shit's stupid. I'll fight you way over there in the middle of the night and leave no one alive. And we'll never talk about it again. We'll just go home and go back to tending our sheep. See what I mean? So cost-benefit analysis, strategic relocation, humanitarian crises always follow nation-state conflicts. And so if you are of the opinion that there's going to be a conflict inside of the borders of this nation state, the Estados Unidos, the United States of America, you need to have more of a plan than I have a bug out bag. You need to really think about where am I going? Who am I going with? How am I going to get there? How long do I need to be there for? What do I need to have there or bring with me to sustain life there for a period of time? And then... Where am I going from that place? <clears throat> and the reason most people, I believe the reason most people don't think to that depth is it's just hard to contemplate that. Well, another Pastor Joeism, contemplate the unthinkable. Right? Think the hard thoughts. Start wargaming that shit now so that it doesn't punch you in the face and catch you off guard. And I would submit to you the way our country is headed... Um, it would be very wise for everybody that has a bug out bag to have a bug out plan in place. Where am I going? Who am I going with? How am I getting there? How long am I going to be there? What do I need to have with me when I go there? And then where am I going next, 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 next? Testo Tostados Unidos. Yes, the one and only Nicole. Tostados. Um, yeah. Delicious. Delicious United States of America. Let's continue. Let's see. Hamas, condemning the United States' veto of the UN ceasefire resolution, accused Washington of enabling further Israeli aggression, signaling a continuation of hostilities with no immediate resolution in sight. So Hamas condemned the United States of America. Make no mistake, <coughs> the United States absolutely has blood on our hands, for sure. In, a, what, a hundred different conflicts over the last hundred years for sure but rule one of intel consider the source uh, any condemnation coming from hamas i'm just gonna laugh off that's me personally 
Let's see. The group Hamas issued a statement that read, quote, this veto serves the agenda of Israel. This veto serves the agenda of Israeli occupation, obstructs international efforts to stop the aggression and increases the suffering of our people, end quote. Uh, oh, no, not in quote. The American position is a green light for the occupation to commit more massacres, end quote. You know, if we're concerned about the suffering of your people, maybe don't turn the water pipe, the billions of dollars worth of water pipe that has been donated to your nation, your people group, ethnos, over, you know, by humanitarian aid uh, organizations over the last several decades. Don't turn the water pipes into rocket launchers. It's just a thought. I'm just throwing that out here. Just, just something to think about. Yeah. Or take the money that's used, uh, could be used to buy food for your people and invest it into weaponry and digging tunnels and training scumbags to uh, fight the little Satan and the great Satan. Just a thought. I'm just throwing that out there. You know, at some point, uh, A, you reap what you sow, and B, you're, and this is for all of us, your condition and your status in life is 99% your fault and 1% external factors. So if you have a shitty life, you got to take responsibility for it and then do what you need to do to change that so that you no longer have a shitty life. Hamas doesn't really ascribe to that way of thinking, which is not surprising because they're terroristic assholes. What about the conflict further east? Recent intelligence gathered by the United States regarding Russia, Russian anti-satellite weapons has triggered concerns among top government officials. Republican Representative Mike Turner, chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, issued a vague yet urgent warning about the national security threat posed by the Russian weapon. While specifics about the threat were not disclosed, oh, and did you notice the timing on this? Oh, no, national security threat, Russia, uh-huh, in the midst of whether or not we need to uh, commit several hundred billion dollars towards the conflict in Ukraine. Oh, look, Russia bad. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. Great green globs of greasy grimy gopher guts. Jason Hart, rule number one, don't make the bear national a big P. Do 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 do. While specifics about the threat were not closed, concerns revolve around a potential space-deployed anti-satellite weapon capable of disrupting vital U.S. satellite communications. In a bid to prevent public pet, by the way, has anybody noticed, I'm, and I'm just throwing this out there, again, historical data, because what data do we have to work from? That Dude, the military-industrial complex has got to be giddy over the conflict in Ukraine, which we're three days away from the two-year anniversary of. February 24th, 2022 is when that conflict started. Started en masse, for real. That's when Russian battalion tactical groups started swarming over the border from Russia and Belarus into Ukraine. Prior to the region being prepped by little green men and embedded bad actors for a decade. Where have we seen the, the equivalent of little green men and embedded bad actors uh, 
I don't know, over the last half a decade. The United States. Hmm. Huh. Hmm. Patterns. Patterns. Something to be aware of. So, next. The military-industrial complex has got to just, they've just, they've been at somewhere between half and full chub for two years with what's happening in Ukraine. Why? Well, one, they're making a shit ton of money. Two, they're getting real-world data on how these weapons systems are performing in actual conflict. Not we think, not on paper that it should have this capability, but no, what does it actually do? Going back to that Russian T-90 that just got absolutely smoked by two Bradley IFVs. Just smoked it. Russia and Russia's military capabilities, which have been widely touted for decades, in part by me at times because of my successful 1980s indoctrination admitting my biases. Russia is not doing great. They're doing arguably better than the Ukrainians, but they're not doing great. And Russian weapons systems that should have been the be-all, end-all, unmatchable on the modern battlefield, that's not been the case at all. At all. You, you got a T-90 that got smoked by what? You know, 30-millimeter uh, depleted uranium rounds, I think. I don't even remember. The 30-millimeter platform is older than I am. How long has the Bradley been in service? 30 years? Maybe 30 years? Something like that? Oh, well, uh, you know, Russian missiles. Um You know, hypersonic weapons. Like, yeah. <clears throat> the Ukrainians are shooting those down using U.S. Patriot missile systems. How long has the Patriot missile system been in production? Like F-15s. The F-15. Still racking up kills. The F-15. Not the F-22. Not the F-35. The F-15. Still. Racking up kills. And now we're like, oh no, Russia has a space weapon. We've had space weapons for 30 years. The United States, I believe it was six, killed six of its own uh, inoperable or no longer needed satellites with six different methods of attack just to prove a point to China that we can. We took out six of our own inoperable satellites with six different platforms just to show the world quietly, oh, you you got a new toy? That's cute. Watch this. And even I have to be careful to not insert ego and hubris into this conversation because I'm an American. And one of the few things I'm okay with my taxpayer dollars funding is the United States military. 
I'm not generally okay with how the military is employed around the world because politicians start wars and soldiers end them. But the capability that the United States has as a military superpower, I believe, is unparalleled. And so could Russia have some magnificent space death weapon? It's possible. But probably unlikely that it does what the specs say that it does on paper because none of their other armaments have done it, have done what the specs say it does on paper thus far. So I'm not overly concerned about all of that. I saw a phenomenal little short of uh, the United States, Russia, and China having a conversation. And China was talking about <clears throat> their hypersonic missiles. And the United States said, um, I know that you don't have hypersonic missiles because I haven't produced them for you to steal from us yet. So shut up, China. You don't have them. So, yeah. Helium balloons are way too easy to hit. Yeah. China's most recent foray into U.S. airspace was a balloon. A balloon. Chinese spy balloon. Totally not a spy balloon. World War One technology. <laughs> so, anyway, let's continue. Republican Representative Mike Turner, chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, issued a vague yet urgent warning about the national security threat posed by the Russian weapon. While specifics about the threat were not disclosed, concerns revolve around a potential space-deployed anti-satellite weapon capable of disrupting vital U.S. satellite communications. In a bid to prevent public panic, officials have stressed that it is not an active capability. Oh, then what's the big uh, to-do here? Major General Michael Trout, the commander of German Space Command, said of the matter, quote, if somebody dares to explode a nuclear weapon in high atmosphere or even space, this would be less, more or less the end of the usability of that global commons. If somebody calculates rationally, nobody would employ such a weapon in space, end quote. Still, experts have cautioned that the potential consequences of such a weapon could be catastrophic, posing a significant risk to global satellite infrastructure and triggering economic fallout worth trillions of doll hairs. That's the written brief. Be super duper afraid, y'all. Go finish your coop. Go finish your coop. Joe brought us more hate. Joe brought us more hay, too? Uh-huh. And Debbie's out there loading hay. So we got oh, all the hay. Hey, is Joe here? Was, but he left. Okay. I got a care package for him. Okay. Okay. I see him again. Yeah. Okay. You know what's cool? Having people is cool. Um, because I've got one brother in the front yard offloading a gooseneck full of hay that came from another brother. And then I've got a neighbor up the road that also has just been dropping us round bales just cause, just cause he's a good guy. And the two of which are <laughs> having a competition for who can get down my driveway to drop off hay bales right now. People. People are your greatest resource. I will repeat that. People are your greatest resource. 
And it's it's why when other people, especially in the prepper sphere, like talking about lone wolf crap, like you might make it. You might. But what quality of life are you going to have? And if you turn an ankle in the woods, now what? You're coyote food, bro. It's like, no, people. Praise y'all for people. And I've got another brother here that's putting up drywall in grandma's well house right now. And this is like, none of this was overly planned or coordinated, especially the neighbor blessing us with round bales. You know, and I asked him one time, like, hey, why are you so good to us? It's because some of his family lives closer to us than he does. And on occasion, when they need assistance, we just help them because that's what a good neighbor does, right? And they've been really good to us, too. Like, their kids play with our kids and blah, 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 right? It's like, it's all just peopling. Now, peopling can also be a major challenge, even with, sometimes especially with people that you love. But the juice is totally worth the squeeze. The juice is totally worth the squeeze. And see, a lot of people are like, when I say that I live in an intentional community, I think that we have one giant piece of land that we've moved a bunch of people onto. And my job as pastor and leader is to put my thumb on top of everybody and tell everybody what to do. And we all sit around a campfire and sing Kumbaya and play acoustic guitars. We don't do any of that. Everybody here owns their own land. They own their own houses. They do their own things. Yes, some of them work for me, but that's a business relationship. It's in no way domineering. And yes, I am a pastor and sometimes the pastor, depending on the context. But even when we get together in fellowship and study the Bible, that's still democratized. Everybody has a chance to speak because we do a midrash. And so I think a lot of people have this idea of what an intentional community means. Like, you got to buy a piece of land and move a bunch of people onto it. Whereas one way that you could do it and the way that we do it is that you are intentional in your existing community. And you weaponize the people around you for righteousness. Then you're all more or less rowing in the same direction. And then... When that happens, the arguments you have aren't about which direction to row. It's about how hard to row and the way that you're rowing, right? So things become a little bit more granular. It's not should we or should we not do this. It's what's the best way to do this. And it's an absolute blessing because, again, I have one brother working on grandma's well pump uh, pump house right now. Praise you. Because I don't know if you noticed, I'm a little sick. I got other things going on. I got another brother <clears throat> with a gooseneck full of round bales sitting right there. I can see him. And I've got a neighbor uh, who is using his tractor to drop off round bales as we speak. What a blessing. What an absolute blessing. So if you are not in a position where you are surrounded by good people, either strategically relocate or start Inter interacting with networking with the people who are around you. Because most of the people who are around you are going to be good people anyway. You just have to build the context and rapport with those people that you can do life together rather than as individuals. Um, the Patreon video this morning 
was uh, titled Surviving SHTF in the Country. A question the coal miner's daughter asked. And um, a big part of surviving anything in the country is that it's your network and your ability to interface righteously with your existing network. I'm just uh, just a little blown away right now. It's awesome. I've got three different awesome people competing for the use of my driveway right now to bless me. Praise y'all. That's awesome. It's a great problem to have. Now, we can just hang out for a little bit since we've done the brief. Um, oh, my, uh, my wife wanted me to remind you guys. What's up, coal miner's daughter? Shalom, sister. Thank you for the Patreon vid. You're welcome. You're welcome. We were just talking about you. My wife, your cousin, coal miner's daughter, wanted me to remind you that there is bear swag at the bear independent store. Um, so if you need a t-shirt, a hoodie, a coffee mug or whatever, that stuff is there. Uh, so go check that out. Striker Cade in the chat wants me to remind you, Google reviews for Refuge Medical. Yes. So if you leave, this is a thing that Striker Cade started, which is why I haven't talked about it near as much as I need to, because it's, it's on my radar, but not too much. So if you go to Google and leave a Google review of Refuge Medical, preferably you've already done business with Refuge Medical, just go to Google, leave a Google review on the business page of Refuge Medical. Google Refuge Medical, you'll find a business page. Leave a review there. For every one of those reviews, up to 2,500 reviews, Striker Cade will donate a dollar to Caleb House, up to 2,500 bucks. And so that's super cool. And I appreciate you, Striker Kate, because that helps both one of my businesses and Caleb House, our ministry. So that's awesome. Thank you very much for putting that together. Can I buy gift certificates for swag? You know, Texas Sheep Lady, I don't know the answer to that. Um, admin at barrendependent.com. <clears throat> do, do, do. Three years living off grid in our paid in full 20 acres in rural Tennessee, living off grid, building our own cabin with our own trees and sawmill, doing the things because I want a sanctuary for us and our family. Amen to that. That's awesome. Awesome. Love. I'd buy a bear poncho. My Oregon neighborhood is so liberal. I feel so alone. Patrick, I don't know what to tell you, man, except strategic relocation. And a lot of people stay where they're at because of their jobs. And here's the thing. You just got a cost-benefit analysis. Cost-benefit analysis. Maybe you should stay there if you have the ability to extract wealth right now. Um Maybe it's an opportunity for you to murder your debt and get up a war chest for you to make a jump from where you are to where the father wants you to be. Or maybe you're actually in a good position to jump and the only thing that's keeping you there is the air quote job that you don't actually need. I don't know because I'm not you, but cost benefit analysis. 
Um, and here's the thing. Most people focus on financial costs because they're the most easily quantified. But there's a cost to everything. There's a mental, emotional, spiritual, educational cost to everything. And so, like, I live in rural eastern Oklahoma. And the jobs around here pay less than the jobs in North Texas did when I lived in North Texas. So MCI money coming in was lower here in eastern Oklahoma than it was in a suburb of Dallas. But I was paying a very high mental, emotional, and spiritual cost living north of Dallas as compared to living here. So the income here is lower. But the cost to everything else, the cost to my well-being, the cost to the disposition of my soul, the cost to my family, the cost of my time is way lower in eastern Oklahoma than it is in North Texas. <clears throat> and so when you're doing a cost-benefit analysis, it's not just dollars and cents that you need to look at. It's what is this costing me to stay where I am opportunity cost? Could I be happier somewhere else? Could I be doing something more meaningful somewhere else? Could I be earning more money somewhere else? Um, do I have more of a sense of purpose somewhere else? Are there better schools? And how do we define better? Right? Like my kids go to a way smaller school now than they did before. Well, class sizes are smaller. Several of the teachers there watch the bear show, which is incredible to me. Um, and they pray before sporting events and before like uh, school functions, you know, like, you know, so how do you define better? Well, how did they score on, on the, the national school litmus test, whatever, like, you mean, what score did the federal government ascribe to that school as for their ability to conform with federal guidelines? I don't care. I don't care. Because I don't want my kids taught that federal bullshit anyway, which is one of the cool things about Oklahoma is that they don't have to teach any of that federal shit. So, um, you know, if you feel alone where you're at, what is it costing you to feel alone? Is it possible that you could have a life that's so filled with joy that it's that you damn near impossible for you to fathom right now? And you're trading the potential of fulfillment and joy for the current monetary satisfaction of staying where I am. <coughs> okay. So just something to think about. American Patriot, Shalom. Let's see. Do 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 do. Economics is awesome. He's not with Refuge anymore. Who? Iron Mike Tyson. I don't know who you're talking about. I don't know who you're talking about. I'm scrolling up looking, but there's a 1,239 other people here. Twitch, no, Twitch hasn't been with Refuge for, gosh, it's got to be going on a year. Twitch has his own uh, outfit now. Save one more. And he's got a nonprofit teaching uh, Stop the Bleed. Um, I'm positive if you, find, if you Google Save One More, you will find Twitch and his wife uh, that are 
last I heard, traveling the country and teaching stuff to bleed. So, but no, Twitch hasn't been with Refuge for probably going on about a year. I am so blessed to be able to send both of my children to private Christian schools. Well, there you go, Stephanie. Yes, that's awesome. Cosmopolitan Cornbread. What's up, Cosmo? Cost. Benefit analysis is key. Of course, there's also the calling of Yah. Sometimes he has a plan you didn't foresee. 100%. I believe Cosmopolitan Cornbread is going to be at the Ruckus, BT dubs, which I have it on good authority from the event coordinator. We've jumped from like 100 people who are signed up to like 140 people who are signed up, which is super cool. Shalom, Sister Brenda. Um, I'm a... Uh, how am I feeling? I'm sicker today than I was yesterday. And I was sicker yesterday than I was the day before. But, you know, like a rubber band, you can only stretch it so far before it bounces back in the other direction. So I'll be okay. Um, lots of people signing up for the ruckus. There will be lots of speakers there, including Cosmopolitan Cornbread uh, and Pastor Joe Fox and Sister Kate and the Angry Viking Therapist and the Angry Prepper and uh, Fineo Solutions and... Um, Come on, Brain, and uh, Luca Baffy from The Way, and I don't know if you know this, but uh, I'll be there as well. Oh, let's add to the traffic jam. Now the concrete guy's here, too. Huh. And someone on a four-wheeler. Man, it's just a jam today. This is awesome. I could fire up the cameras and watch them on the camera, but oh gosh, I should probably go. I should probably adult, right? Like there's like a whole bunch of shit happening in my front yard. Okay. Um, hey, do me a favor. If you're gonna be shopping at Refuge Medical, use your promo code Bear Nation. That gets you free shipping, and it also, frankly, helps me track the traction of this broadcast as far as uh, promoting Refuge Medical. So, um, yeah, that's that's cool. If you need a tourniquet or a first aid kit or whatever, did you, did you guys know we're up to 99 lives saved? 99 lives saved. 99. I haven't figured out what I'm going to do for 100 yet, but I want to do something for 100. And now that's not including the 19 from Project Tribute, which gets you to 118, as Striker Kate had said. So 19 law enforcement officers through Project Tribute and 99 through Refuge Medical. That's incredible. It's 118 total lives. It's incredible, man. You know, so goal setting. In 2022, one of my five-year goals, for so complete by 2027, was to have 100 lives saved with Refuge Medical Products. Praise Yah, we have just steamrolled past that point. And so, you know, quantifying the impact that your business has had, well, if there's over a hundred people who are still alive because you showed up to work. That's pretty awesome, right? That's pretty awesome. So if you need one of these, I recommend you get it. And I recommend you get training as well at Refuge Medical. 
there's a training tab where you can sign up in person or the entire trauma medicine playlist that I recorded is there as well. And so if you need to take a refresher course, watch a video with your kid out going through it on how to use a tourniquet, how to wound pack, how to apply chest seals, how to establish a patent airway, blah, blah, blah. That all that's at Refuge Medical. We're trying to provide as much value over there as we can as well. And so there's like four plus hours of content there that you can consume in like 20 minute bite-sized pieces on, I have a kit now, what do I do with it? So go check that out. And um, like I said, if you need uh, a first aid kit, consider us because it is deduary. I'm not gonna lie with you guys. It ain't February, it's deduary. And um, I'd really like to uh, make payroll this month. That'd be cool. So, you know, consider us. Let's talk to the creator real quick, and then I'm going to put boots on, and uh, I will be that guy with knee-high wool socks, Merrell's shorts, and a hoodie on out in my front yard. <clears throat> Raincat, I bought a grab bag. Should arrive today. That's awesome. Thank you. Oh, good morning, Father Yah. You are awesome and amazing and sovereign over all things our health, our mind, our soul, the physical world. Father, it all belongs to you, and we thank you that you allow us to play in your sandbox every day. And we thank you that you are merciful and loving towards your children because we don't know everything there is to know. And Father, I thank you that your, your proof and instruction is gentle and that your, your rules, the rules of the house, are so simple that even children can follow them. Father, thank you for the opportunity to do this. Father, thank you for all these people. Thank you for allowing us to do things that matter and for keeping us focused on the things that matter. And I pray that you would just block from our minds and our eyes all the things that don't matter, that we might be ever more focused on you. Father, help us be good to you today. Father, help us be good to our brothers and our sisters and our neighbors today. Father, help us with whatever we're going through, whatever that might be for everybody within the sound of my voice. We've all got something going on, something that is attempting to rob us of our joy and separate us from you. And I pray that you'd just be indwelt in those moments, Father, that you'd be near to us, that you would remember us, and that you would hear us when we call out for you. Because we are just children, Father, and we don't know what the heck we're doing. We need help, and we need strength, and we need power, and authority, and wisdom, and discernment, and peace. We're so, we're such needy little creatures, Father. Thank you for loving us anyway. Father, be with all my brothers and sisters today, and lift them up. And pour out your spirit on all flesh. Father, anything... It would come against us. Anything that's within the sound of my voice, I rebuke it in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach and command it to flee. Father, we ask that you would be with us, that you would keep us from the enemy, and that no weapon formed against us shall prosper, that you turn away the weapons of our enemies. that their shots and their blows would not land, 
Father, please bless us today. Bless us in spite of the fact that we're broken and stubborn and not always the best listeners. But Father, please bless us. Bless us so that we might be a blessing to others. That our needs would be met, that we would have our daily bread today. So that we can preach and teach your word on a full belly. Father, thank you for the gift of life. Thank you for the gift of eternal life by the blood of your son. That we might be able to come home again. Father, remember your people today. In Yeshua's name. Amen. Six feet for social distancing. All right, y'all. I love you, weirdos. You might be weird, but you're my weirdo. And you're the father's weirdo. Remember that. I will see y'all when I see y'all. Thank you so much for being a part of the Bear Nation, for being a part of what we do here. Could not, would not do it without you guys and girls. And I literally pray you have a blessed day. Shalom.